Today's episode is brought to you by Riverside, the leading podcast and video recording platform. And quite literally, I was using Riverside before they became a sponsor. My journey to good recordings is a long one that started with me clumsily using Zoom and explaining to my guests how to record their audio. Now, Riverside takes care of everything for me. I get two separate tracks of high-quality audio with no fuss. It sounds like we're in the same room. And I'm not the only one. More than 70,000 people use Riverside, including Guy Raz, Andrew Warner, and companies like the New York Times. There is a reason why so many creators use Riverside. So check them out and all of their features over at howibuilt.it slash Riverside and get an exclusive 30% discount with the code Joe30. That's J-O-E-3-0 over at howibuilt.it slash Riverside. Thanks so much to Riverside for their support of the show. This episode is brought to you by Ahrefs, an all-in-one SEO tool set that gives you what you need to rank your website in Google and get tons of search traffic. And now you can use their webmaster tools for free. Ahrefs has been instrumental for me in increasing traffic to my sites. Over the holidays, I had the best quarter for affiliate income because it showed me my most popular pages and topics, and I was able to optimize and update accordingly. Their webmaster tools are made for small website owners. Connect your website through Google Search Console and get your site audits, backlinks, and keyword data. If you create content, this is a must-have. Gain a following and increase traffic to your site for free. Sign up for Ahrefs at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Exactly how important is your marketing funnel? Ask R.T. Custer, who's built a funnel that allows his company, the Vortec Watch Company, to routinely sell out of watches that are priced between $2,500 and $10,000. In this conversation, R.T. tells us all about how he and his business partner came up with the idea to repurpose old pocket watches into all-American-made wristwatches, and how his 200-day email funnel is the key to their success, a 200-day email funnel. Part of the secret sauce, getting influencers to drive traffic, not to buy the watches, which are usually only available one per day, but to sign up for their mailing list and get notified when new ones drop. Their mailing list is the life's blood of their business, and it's really refreshing to hear somebody talk about selling a really high-end product primarily through their mailing list, and how they're spending money getting people to that mailing list. So what a fantastic conversation. I think you are really going to enjoy it. This conversation, by the way, is brought to you by Riverside, Ahrefs, Text Expander, and Nexus. You can learn about them and find all of the links we talked about, including the ability to sign up for Vortic Watch's uh, mailing list over at howibuilt.it slash 254. But for now, let's get into the intro and then the interview. Hey, everybody, and welcome to How I Built It, the podcast that helps small business owners create engaging content that drives sales. Each week, I talk about how you can build good content faster to increase revenue and establish yourself as an authority. I'm your host, Joe Casabona. Now let's get to it. Want to know the best way to get new episodes, top takeaways, and other tips, tools, and tricks to become a more consistent creator? Sign up for Build Something Weekly. It's totally free, totally weekly, and it will provide you the resources you need to build good content and drive sales. On top of having these episodes delivered straight to your inbox, you'll get some quick thoughts, recommendations, and a content roundup. The perfect way to start your week. You can sign up for free at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. That's howibuilt.it slash subscribe to get my free weekly newsletter. RT Custer, how are you today? Hey, Joe. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Thanks so much for being here. I will say that uh, I I make a big deal about... Um, pitches to to the show because I get a lot of them and most of them are are bad but um 
the the folks who pitched you uh, did a really good job. I feel like they captured kind of what you're about really well. And they understand the goal of my show, um, which is is really important, right? Because it's not just about like the uh, platitudes of the guests. It's about the value. Um, and I, I know that you're going to deliver a ton of value because of our pre-show conversation. So let's dive right into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Uh, yeah. So uh, my name is R.T. Custer and I run Vortic Watch Company. And uh, Vortic, it stands for Vortex and TikTok, a beautiful clash of old and new. And what we actually do is we salvage and restore antique American pocket watches and turn them into one-of-a-kind wristwatches. Everything inside is about 100 years old, all from that old pocket watch, including the face, um, the hands, and the mechanism, all the gears and parts that, that make the, the watch tick. And that's all from an antique pocket watch. And then we manufacture right here in Colorado all the exterior components, uh, the case, the crown, the glass, the leather, uh, to make one of the only truly American-made wristwatches. That's amazing. Um, gosh, that already sounds amazing. I remember I have a few pocket watches because I like to pretend I'm fancy. Uh, <laughs> and I remember the first time I wore a pocket watch was at my col- my college senior formal. Uh, and I asked one of the, the chaperones who was like the vice president of something of the student engagement or whatever there. I said what do I do? Like, how do I wear this? And he goes, you need a, you need a three piece suit that goes in your, it hooks into your jacket and it goes into your vest. And I was like, ah, so I'm, I'm not wearing the right equipment to, to wear this <laughs> pocket watch. <laughs> uh, so now they just sit in a nice case in my, in my office, but, uh, wristwatches are, are, this is what, let me tell, let me ask, what gave you the idea to do this? And, uh, follow up, how do you find these antique American pocket watches? Yeah, uh, two great questions. So, um, uh, the original idea actually came from uh, my business partner, Tyler, and I were playing around to golf after college uh, classes one day back at Penn State, where we went to school. And we, we basically were, were, we were having a conversation about things that were not made in America now that maybe could be. Um, and we had been talking about watches earlier in the, the round of golf, um, because, you know, he really liked watches and he was trying to explain like, like why, you know, I I'm an engineer, but I was just like, Mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's so cool about watches and like, why do you wear them? And like, he was wearing one while playing golf. And I think that it started with like, isn't that like annoying on your wrist when you're swinging a golf club? Like that's, that's, you know, kind of yeah. it seems seems out of place and um you know pretty much by the end of the round we decided we were going to start a watch company and we had a bunch of different ideas and we we did a bunch of pitch convert uh, pitch competitions in college and um and all that stuff and um started down this rabbit hole of research trying to figure out could if we wanted to make a watch could we make everything in the United States, you know, theoretically? Because this was like 2011 to 2013 is when we were kind of in the idea phase. And American Made was was really starting to come back as far as people are talking about it a lot in media and everything mm-hmm. like that uh, in that time frame. Um, and, and so it's like, okay, well, from a marketing standpoint and just like a ethical, integrous standpoint, like let's make it in the USA. That'd be awesome. And we walked into a pawn shop and we talked to this guy about like where we could find people to make watch parts because he had a bunch of watches and a pocket watch and stuff. And he happened to be a watchmaker and spent his whole life in the watch industry. And he told us the history of what we call the great American watch companies. And a lot of people don't know this, but a hundred years ago, um, really from the mid 1800s to the mid 1900s, America was the Switzerland of the world. We made all the best watches. And at that time they were pocket watches and there was 10 companies and we call them the great American watch companies. But those 10 companies made over a hundred million pocket watches in the United States in those hundred years. And today, pocket watches are scrapped for the gold and silver of the cases at pawn shops like that one. And, you know, we realized if we took those old pocket watch insides and turned them into wristwatches, you know, we could much more easily make the bigger outside parts, right? The case and the crown and the glass, like we could figure out suppliers for those things. 
but making all the little gears and stuff inside, we were like, ah, you know, we're gonna have to go to Switzerland or Germany for that stuff. And, yeah. um, we realized if we took the insides and we made the outsides, we would have a hundred percent made in USA watch. And that's what we did. We put that idea on Kickstarter in 2014. Um, we called it the American artisan series, you know, a watch that was actually made in USA using old pocket watches. And we've sold every watch we've ever made since. Wow. That's, that's such a cool idea. Uh, so when it comes to, to sourcing the pocket watches now, have you kind of made partnerships with, with pawn shops or do or, or is there a more sophisticated process now for, for getting those, those old pocket watches? Yeah. So sorry, I didn't answer that question, but, but that's, that's another, another good question. And, and it's just, it's kind of become part of our initial supply chain. Um, because we, we, we basically network with pickers. Um, if you've seen American pickers on the history channel, um, mm-hmm. there's people like that and, and they, they're always finding and looking for certain things in, in these, in these random places, but quite literally, um, we get the pocket watches from, um, estate auctions. So every day in the United States, a jewelry store or a pawn shop goes out of business or relocates or liquidates a bunch of inventory because they've had it for so long. And there's always a box of pocket watches in the back that somebody forgot about. It's been sitting there for years. People have been scrapping the gold cases and just throwing the guts inside this box because they're like, oh, they feel bad about throwing this, you know, this little piece of American history away. And, um, yeah. and, and we buy hundreds of them at a time and basically save them from those estate scrapyards. Um, and these, these pickers, they're always out looking for, I mean, they're looking for very valuable things, diamonds, gold, you know, jewelry, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all have my business card. And when they find pocket watches, I'm the only person in the United States that buys more than a hundred pocket watches at a time. Um, and so they make their way wow. to Fort Collins, Colorado, and we cherry pick the best ones and turn them into wristwatches. Gosh, that's super, that's super cool. And I'm sure it's great for the pickers too, right? Because now they're, that's like a guaranteed, almost guaranteed sale for them, right? As long as oh, the yeah. parts still are in working order. Well, it's trash to treasure, right? I mean, we, it's, you know, for us, it's, yeah. um, it's upcycling, right? I mean, these things would be, would, they would be trash. They would be thrown away. Um, and, yeah. and it'd be a shame because, you know, a lot of these hundred year old pocket watches, um, they were really well made back then. I mean, they, this was the, the iPhone of the day. I mean, we, you know, if, if you had a yeah. job that you needed to know what time it was, um, which a lot of people, you know, did like early 1900s, you're a, you're a banker, you're an attorney, you know, you, you have meetings, you gotta be on time. There's only two ways to tell time in the early 1900s, a pocket watch and a clock. And so if you're on the go, you had a pocket watch in the pocket. Um, and that was just normal. And so there was millions of them. They worked really well and, um, they just need some, some love and attention and, and restoration is, is what we literally do. And, um, and then a new case that can survive day-to-day wear. And that's what we manufacture. That's so cool. Uh, gosh, I could probably talk to you about this all day. <laughs> um, but, uh, so you, you made the, first of all, you went to Penn state. I live near Philadelphia. I'm from New York. I live near Philadelphia. Cool. Um, and I went to the university of Scranton. Awesome. Um, so I, I'm familiar with some of the, at least statewide business plan competitions that maybe you've, uh, that maybe you also heard of, but we had one in kind of Northeastern Pennsylvania that, um, that was big in our area, but that's, that's super cool. I'm also a Giants fan. So hopefully Saquon will find his way very soon. Um, (laughs) Amen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but so you, you make these American made watches. You're right. Right. You found that there was a resurgence of kind of American made things, but in general, things that are made in America are more expensive than things that are made elsewhere. And in the pre-show, you were saying that your watches uh, can go for anywhere from what twenty five hundred to ten thousand dollars. Was that, is that right? That's correct. Yeah, that's our our price range. Um, average purchase price is around thirty two to thirty five hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. So, um, I suspect that like just taking out uh, an Instagram ad 
probably wouldn't work too well for you, or maybe it does. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we've tried, we've tried it all. It's, you know, we, we launched on Kickstarter in 2014. And, and since then, you know, we've, we've done literally every form of marketing that exists. Um, and so we've refined what works and what works for us is, uh, and the funnel that we've built is, is we do a lot of content creation, uh, first and, and we, we try to take a lot of pictures, take a lot of video, put everything that we do on the internet within reason, because it's really cool. And people love to see the behind the scenes, how it's made type of thing. Um, we're actually producing starting in uh, this coming January, we're, we're producing a show called, um, Custer and Wolf, which is uh, my last name and my business partner's last name, building a watch company. Um, and so we're going nice. to, we're going to do a weekly YouTube show where we document, you know, what we do, um, and put it out there. And then, uh, we built a really cool email funnel. So, uh, when you subscribe to our email list, you'll get uh, 20 emails. So, um, one email every 10 days for 200 days that teaches you all about what we do, who we are, what we stand for, what nonprofits we give to, how the watches are made, all that kind of stuff. And I found that um, by about the 15th email, uh, people are ready to purchase. And so, you know, it's a four to eight month selling cycle. And we nurture that through not only the email journey um, upfront, but also um, consistency in communication. So every Tuesday at 12 noon mountain time, I send a, an email to our list, um, which now has tens of thousands of people on it. And we, we, our business model is fairly simple. We can only make about one watch every day. And so we call it the watch of the day. It goes live at 12 noon and when it's sold, it's gone. It's one of a kind. So that's, that's it. Um, yeah. And so every week I wow. send an email called the weekly roundup. And so it's the last five watches that we made. And, you know, usually two or three of them are left and they get sold every time I hit send on that email. And that's, um, that's pretty much it. Email marketing. And to your point, we use some, some ads, Instagram ads, Facebook ads, uh, things like that to, to fill the funnel and just try to collect email addresses. Um, but I don't, I don't calculate return on ad spend in stuff like that. It's almost right. impossible. I just say, you know, an email address is worth one or $2. So let's get as many emails as we right. can on the list. Right, right. You know, you know, kind of like the lifetime value of a email subscriber, mm -hmm. you know, how long it takes. Now the, this is interesting, right? 20 emails, one every 10 days for 200 days. My email funnel, I sell a sub $200 membership, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or or whatever it was courses for a while. Now it's the membership. Um, I have a six day email, just six straight days talking about the benefits. That sale is a lot easier for me because it's less than 200 bucks. And I basically tell you, you're going to make that money back with what you learn. Right. Uh, in the membership, right? The every 10 days for 200 days, I suspect that was an intentional interval because as you've said, it's a six to eight month or a four to eight month sales cycle to convince somebody to spend three, four grand on a watch. Right. Absolutely. I mean, they've, they've never met me. Um, they, they've never seen, uh, one of our watches in person. You know, it, it takes a lot of, they, they have to have a lot of touch points with us. Um, maybe conversations with us, um, either, you know, over social media or, or via email. Um, and, and my, you know, my target demographic doesn't want to get, an email every day for six days. You know, I do, you know, right. I, I, I am absolutely a customer of things like that, that you sell and I get those emails and I love reading like, okay, great. I get a, a little more, a little more information today about this thing that I should really buy. You know, um, that works, that works for, for less expensive products and especially educational products. Yeah. That makes total sense. Um, but for us, it's, you know, we're curating an experience and a story around why you should buy this watch. Um, and that takes a lot of time. Um, and, and we have to build trust with, with the client. Um, and that's, it's one of the reasons that our return rate is almost zero. Um, you know, people, people think about it before they buy a Vortec watch. They're like, this is really cool. I, they, they see the watches coming out every day on Instagram. Um, they miss most of them because half of them sell in like two minutes, <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, yeah. I should have got that one. Um, they start a conversation with somebody in our workshop, you know, one of our customer service people, it'd be an email. They ask a couple questions. Um, 
And then they get, you know, constantly and consistently educated through our email journey process and our weekly emails. Um, and I think more than, you know, cause it averages out to two emails a week, basically, if it's one every mm-hmm. 10 days in the journey and then, a, a one every Tuesday, um, they get about two emails a week. And I think that's the right amount. You know, I've never had anyone complain that we send too many emails. Um, and you know, I, I certainly, I could probably speed that up. Um, but we also have no reason to, we're almost, we're almost constantly sold out. I think I have three watches in stock right now. Um, so there's really um, no reason to rush anyone. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, uh, again, to your point, you know, you say you're, you're crafting a story. Um, you're showing people that you do make these quality watches, right? It's, this is, you know, again, it's, my product, for example, information products are generally a lot lower risk. I have a, a, a seven-day uh, refund or a 14-day refund policy or something like that. But, you know, it's an annual membership. So even if people are like, they spend 200 bucks and after 12 months, if they're like, I didn't, I, I got no value out of this, they could just not renew it, right? Um, so I think that this is, I just signed up for your mailing list because now I'm curious to see... <laughs> I mean, I'm interested in watches, but I, yeah. Yeah, I want to see how it all works. Yeah, let me know what um, you think. What do you, yeah, I, absolutely, absolutely. Um, what do you use for your email service provider? Um, right now we use Campaign Monitor. Um, okay. And we've, we've used that for years just because it's really easy. I, I do it all myself um, because I, I don't know, I, I like to, it's, it's the one thing that I know works. <laughs> and so I yeah. like to have control over it. I've delegated pretty much the rest of the business, um, at this point to Mm -hmm. an awesome team. Um, but I just, I like to be able to type my words every week, um, and, and send them to, to my community, you know, that, that I've built around all this stuff. And, and it's, it's fun for me. Um, we are seriously considering switching to HubSpot for a number of reasons, you know, and all the other features that they have and all the other awesome things that they do. Um, it's a little bit overkill for, for what we do. Um, but you know, um, we're, we, our business plan involves a lot more, you know, coming down the pipe in the next, uh, one to two years. So we're going to need a a more robust CRM, especially. Um, so I'm in the process of thinking about changing, but yeah, campaign monitor right now, it's basically MailChimp. Very, very easy point. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's like, I, you know, I use I use ConvertKit and yeah. I basically signed up for their automations and sequences, but that's like its own other kind of set of work, right? Because uh, you got to make sure everything's kind of, yep. everything's running well and things don't, you've got to update your sequences. Cause if you're like sign up by October 31st and it's like January uh, yeah, or December like, <laughs> right, yeah. or whatever. They're, yeah. Like, whoops. Yep. Oh no. Yeah. And I, you know, and you'll hopefully I'll fix it by the time you get it. But there's one email. I don't know where it is, but one of the 20 emails, one of the images isn't loading. Like it just gives a little error, and you know, it's something something that I did wrong. Right? I clicked the wrong button or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been meaning to fix it for a long time. And I keep getting the, like there's there's you know there's not met that many people in the funnel, but I'll get like an email every week of like somebody just forwards it, which is really cool when your customers are like looking out for you and they're like, Hey, I found this thing. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of want to see what this image was supposed to be. <laughs> um, and, and you know, I, I'm like, Oh yep, cool. I'll fix that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's keeping it simple um, is one of the keys to, I think being consistent because if you, if you try to set up all those automations and you try to overthink the whole setup process, um, then something's going to go wrong. And every time something goes wrong, it messes with your schedule, it messes with your head. And, and it's hard to show up, you know, for me, every, like, as soon as that we hang up from this podcast, I'm going to hit send on an email. Um, it's that time. Yeah. It's, you know, Tuesday at noon. So here we go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're up, you're right. Like I, I, I've made complex automations and when they work, it's great. And then when they break, it's like, I don't, document my automations uh, and I'm like, what was I thinking here? How did this, so now I need to like relearn what I did and why I did it. And then I need to fix it. So totally get that. Automations are great. I I have lots of them, but if you only automate as much as you need to, I guess right. is, is the the lesson to take away here. 
This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. What can you do with more hours? Repetitive typing, little mistakes, searching for answers. They're all taking precious time away from you. With Text Expander, you can take it back and focus on what matters most. In 2021, Text Expander saved me 34 typing hours. That doesn't even include the collective hours I would have spent looking for responses, links, resources, code, and anything else I type regularly. Talk about creating more efficiently. You will never need to copy paste repetitive responses again. With Text Expander, your knowledge will always be at your fingertips with a quick search or abbreviation. Text Expander is available on all platforms and show listeners get 20% off. Take back your time today at textexpander.com slash podcast. And you mentioned that you are, you are an engineer? Yeah, I studied industrial engineering. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, industrial engineering. Uh, for those of us who uh, can't clearly define it, right? I, I'm a software engineer. Sure. I'm familiar with like mechanical engineering, yep. electrical engineering. Yeah. Um, industrial engineering is. So industrial engineering is what my mechanical engineering at, friends at Penn State called imaginary engineering. Um, and <laughs> That's what all engineers call software engineering. So I feel <laughs> you. <there. laughs> um, yeah. So industrial engineer is it actually as some industrial engineers are literally imagineers. Like you can go work for Disney and design ah, rides very nice. and lines and yeah. processes. So it's, it's all about systems, processes, supply chain, um, you know, those kind of things. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what led me into consumer products. And, and that's, you know, I, I also have a, um, a YouTube show called products worth talking about where my friend and I just like basically do unboxings and reviews of, of physical products. And I, I really like, I, I'm just a product guy, you know, if it's a real thing that you sell on the internet, like if it's a Shopify or Amazon based business, I just want to know all about it. It's just, it's really fun for me. Um, and, and that comes from my, my supply chain background. My job out of college was with Walmart and logistics. Um, and I helped renovate wow. distribution centers, um, for the world's largest retailer for a few years. And that was, that was really cool. It was like such a dream job because I mean, I was in my early twenties and they gave me a $25 million capital budget to go install robots and conveyor systems, wow. in these you know, million square foot buildings. Right. So, um, I just, I love the, the whole, how it works process. Um, it's fascinating for me. Yeah, that's awesome. It's funny you mentioned Imagineering. My brother is a cast member uh, at Disney World, cool. and he originally wanted to be an Imagineer, mm-hmm. um, but now he's in the the hospitality side. He's kind of working his way up um, on on that end, and he really loves it. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, cool. So let's get into the influencer marketing stuff, right? Because it sounds like you got a really great email funnel. I'm, I'm excited to get these, um, these nurture emails because again, I'm very interested in watches and kind of how stuff is made, right? That's why I started this show. Um, but there's, there's another aspect to con- kind of developing that trust, right? Because it's you're you don't have any retail stores, right? Or are your products sold in any retail stores? It sounds like no, because you we've tried. make them and yeah. then sell them. We, yeah. We've tried that and um, it doesn't work as well. Um, and it's very, it's mm-hmm. not very profitable um, to go that way. So we are currently a hundred percent direct to consumer. Gotcha. And so you need to develop that trust some way. Uh, and it sounds like uh, you have found the way to develop that trust with influencer marketing. Yeah, I mean, a, a number, it's just part of the arsenal, right? Um, is mm-hmm. is influencer marketing? Um, and I, like I said, I, I've tried a little bit of everything. Um, and influencer marketing, and you know, the the thing I would add to that is product placement. Um, they can help create credibility. Um, they can help create. Um, value and, and they can, you know, that, that perceived value from, from the customer and like, what is this thing and and what is it worth? Um, and you know, we have, I would say 50 to 60% of our customers are small business owners or entrepreneurs. 
And I think it's just because of the funnel that Tyler and I built um, and who we are. You know, we are entrepreneurs and, and we are small business owners. And we started this company basically right out of college. And so I think people like people that are entrepreneurs and small business owners really relate to that. And they kind of want to support that and they like watches. And so they buy a watch from us instead of yeah. Rolex or Omega or one of these other, you know, massive corporations. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so we went down the path of, of finding influencers that had followings that were entrepreneurs and small business owners or people that would be interested in those things. And so, um, the first one that was effective was Lewis House, um, and he has a, a very uh, one of the largest podcasts called the School of Greatness. Um, and I just sent him an Instagram DM, and I was just like, "Hey, Lewis, you know, big fan, love your show. Um, really enjoyed the interview with Kevin Hart, <laughs> you know, whatever." Yeah. And uh, and I said, I'd, "I'd love to make you a watch, but only if you'd wear it." Um, check it out. Here's our link. Um, let me know if you like these. Uh, we take old pocket watches, turn them into wristwatches. We're one of only a couple American watch companies. Um, do you think you'd be interested? And he immediately wrote back, um, and said, dude, these are the coolest watches I've ever seen. How's it work? And I was just like, well, um, I'm just going to scroll back through some of your pictures of other watches that you have, you know, the, the things you tend to wear and I'm going to pick one out and design one just for you that, that I think fits kind of your style and I'll send you a picture of it. And if you like it, then I'll mail it to you. And he was like, sweet. And so, um, he got it and then, um, immediately posted on Instagram. We had a huge spike in traffic, sold all the watches we had in stock, <laughs> you know, got a bunch wow. of email signups. Um, and then he went to a Lakers game that night after he got the watch and he did a really cool, like unboxing, like he, we are, all the watches come in a wooden box. They're wrapped in parchment paper and wax sealed, like the, uh, the parcels on the railroads in the 1800s. Like it's, yeah. it's an experience to unbox a Vortec watch. Um, and so he filmed the whole unboxing experience because he was like, this is, this is so, he, he said he took it out of the box and then like put it all back in the box and then re re record because he was like, this is so cool. And um, he's wearing it at a Lakers game and his friend Chris Harder was sitting right next to him. And Chris also has a podcast um, and Chris is a watch guy. And he was like, hey, you know, tell me about this thing. So then I made one for him <laughs> and then, um, that worked. And then I reached out to, um, Dave Hollis, um, husband of, um, ex-husband at this point, but, um, partner at the time with Rachel Hollis, who is a you know, huge author, um, back a few years yeah. ago. And, um, and I said, Dave, you know, I, Dave's just a really cool guy on Instagram, you know, got a bunch of kids, you know, I'm, I'm a dad as well. So I was just like, you know, I just sent him a, a, a DM, but I said basically the same thing. Um, and him posting about it, he has more, I think at the time he had 600,000 followers on Instagram and he told me probably 500,000 of them were women. Um, and so we had a huge spike from him posting about it, doing an unboxing right before the holidays. And we had a bunch of, of female, um, you know, entrepreneurs, small business owners, either buy it for themselves or buy it as a gift for their husbands. Um, or partners for the, uh, for the holidays. And so, um, so that worked out. And so it was just kind of this chain reaction. Um, and then the, I think the biggest one we've had was on my podcast. Um, cause it, it's products worth talking about. We talk about physical products. Um, I brought in, um, my friend Anthony who runs a company called MC squares and they make little, uh, whiteboards and, uh, basically, reusable sticky notes is his new thing. Um, and he was on shark nice. tank. And so he pitched the sharks on shark tank, got an investment from Kevin O'Leary uh, about three months after I interviewed him on my podcast. And then he emails me and he's like, Hey, Kevin O'Leary just invested in my company. I'd like to send him a watch as a gift and a thank you. Um, but I need one in 48 hours and he needs to get to the Venetian in Las Vegas um, before they start filming uh, season 13, the shark tank. And I was like, yep, drop everything. <laughs> um, wow. so 
if you watch the first, I think it's the first and third episodes of season, I think it's season 13 of Shark Tank, uh, Kevin O'Leary is wearing a, a Vortec watch. Um, and he did a interview with one of his friends, um, on, on Kevin's YouTube show. Um, and they, they looked at a bunch of watches and he was just like showing off some of the new watches he just got. And he was talking about a $1.2 million watch and then put that down and picked up the Vortec watch and was like, this is one of the coolest watches that I I've ever received as a gift. And he held up our sticker that we sent and our, we sent him a personal note and all this stuff. And that blew up. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. And so it's, you know, what I've found in influencer marketing is, um, first of all, it's all flash in the pan. Like we've, we've gotten a huge spike when they post about it, but every influencer we've worked with, they post about it once and we get a huge spike in web traffic, a bunch of email signups, and then basically nothing. And, and you just okay. kind of have to like, that's how it works. You know, like unless you pay the influencer to do ongoing promotion, there's no what's in it for them. There's like excitement when they get it. And then, you know, eh. um, we've gotten a few follow-ups like from the YouTube uh, video that Kevin O'Leary did, like that's, that's on YouTube. So it's just, we get a kind right. of trickle from that. Um, and then people have noticed, you know, the watch on his wrist on Shark Tank. That's really cool. Dave Hollis wore it on the cover of his book, um, Get Out of Your Own Way. So he's wearing a watch on the front cover of his book that now has sold you know, a million copies or something. So that's really cool. Um, but for the most part, you get like a flash in the pan type thing. Interesting. And so um, as a brand, what, what do you... What do you look for in the relationship with with the influencer? Is it just as as kind of as simple as we'll send you a thing and we want you to post about it? Um, it sounds like you looked for pretty well known influencers. Um, uh, you know, if somebody has maybe a smaller following, uh, what would you tell them to kind of find uh, to brands that they can kind of be influencers for? Yeah. So. Um, my, my, since my products are so limited and so expensive, um, I, I kind of have to shoot for the stars and that's just where, mm -hmm. where we are. Um, if I ran like, you know, MVMT watch company, um, they make yeah. like $200 watches, more like a fossil, um, you know, a watch of that value, they can send a hundred a week to influencers if they want. And so they, right. could, they could spray and pray, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. and, and a brand like that, if you want to be an influencer for a brand like that, um, it, the amount of followers really doesn't matter. It's, it's that, um, they don't want splash in the pan, right? Because if right. you, if you just post once about it and then never wear it again, that's not a whole lot of value for them, you know? Um, it's plenty of value for, for me and limited quantity and stuff like that. But for, for brands like that, they want, they want ongoing, um, promotion and most brands like that. And, and, and we're getting into this a little bit. It's, we're, I'm trying to wrap my head around how to do it since we don't have a lot of inventory. Um, but right now the biggest thing that's working in influencer marketing is tagging in, um, affiliate programs. Um, and so if, if you want to be an influencer for a brand that has unlimited supply of product, the what's in it for them and what's in it for you is the constant promotion, you know, one post a week, but they don't, they don't want to pay for it. They don't want to pay you to promote, um, because that gets really expensive really fast and it gets muddy mm -hmm. and it's like, eh, you know, like how long are you going to keep the post up? And there's all this other stuff. Right. If, if you say, Hey, I'm selling this watch. Um, or like, I, I just bought this watch for myself or I got this as a gift from this company. It's really cool. Uh, swipe up or, or click this link and use code Joe for 10% off. Right. Um, then you get 10% probably as a kickback. Um, right. the customer gets 10% off as a discount. Um, and then the brand, you know, keeps the other 80%. Um, and that's great. And they, you know, they write off all that for, uh, for marketing promotion. So I think that's really the best way to set yourself up for success as an influencer is to optimize those affiliate relationships. Like if you can say, 
um, you know, I started working with this other brand and I sell two pairs of shoes a week for them. And I get 15% affiliate kickback for those two pairs of shoes. And it's not a whole lot right now, but you know, I'm going to do another video about it next week. I'm going to do another post next week. And it's, you know, if you have 10 partners like that, um, that adds up really quick, honestly. So, um, that's where yeah. I, that's the path I would go is, is the more of the affiliate route instead of trying to get paid per post or whatever. Yeah, I think that's a really great point, right? And this is something that I teach in in my membership in the Creator Crew is, um, you know, in my in my nurture sequence, I basically say, you know, this membership is going to cost you whatever it is, one ninety nine. We'll say it at the time of this recording. Um, you'll make that back in a year. I made that back during Black Friday. I made more than that over Black Friday from my gift guides or my affiliate sales during that time. So. I made that back in one weekend. If you if you use affiliates, um, you can you can generate you know a, a decent income, worth your time income. So I think I think what you're saying is is a really good point. Spray and pray brands. I really like that term. <laughs> um, followers don't necessarily no, don't necessarily matter, but they want that ongoing promotion. And so you could probably get the product for free, especially if, if in my field, I do a lot of software. So like, they'll just throw me a software license and I get to use it and, and whatever. And then I get the affiliate marketing, but, um, on my, on my podcasting YouTube channel, people send me microphones and I get to test them out. Um, and then I'll usually give, you know, do like a giveaway. Um, in your case, it sounds like the flash in the pan, the crucial part, of the flash in the pan is getting people onto your list onto that 200 day nurture sequence. Is that, does that sound right? hundred percent. It's a, it's a numbers game. Yeah. So the, the way I'm trying yeah. to figure it out is, um, and maybe there's someone in the software world that can help me solve this. <laughs> uh, but what, what I'd love to do is say, you know, um, I value an email address between one and two dollars and a strong lead, mm-hmm. right? Like that is yeah. um if if it's a man who likes watches in their forties to sixties, um, with six figure income or seven figure net worth, um, then that email is probably worth gosh, maybe five dollars to me. Um, so what if instead of giving you 10% kickback on the watches that you sell, which doesn't really make sense. Cause I don't have a lot of like, it's not a scalable process. You know, if, right. if you like, let's say I had this system set up somehow you're interviewing me on your podcast, Joe, if, and, and we said, you know, go to this website and sign up for, for Vortic watch Company's email list and, um, somehow use code Joe or whatever. And then I just, I pay you a dollar for every person that signs up for 50 cents, you know, gosh, like that, I, maybe that does exist and I don't know how to do it. Um, but that I think is the future, especially when you tap in, um, text message marketing. We, we don't do a lot of text message marketing cause my target demo doesn't really want that. Um, but you know, there's a, there's a huge amount of brands that, I mean, they would pay a lot of money to get a quality phone number of a lead. And it's, you know, you have to do it all the right way. They have to sign up themselves. They have to check the box Mm -hmm. that says they're subscribing and, you know, do the automated, all that stuff. Um, I can't just feed you my contact (laughs) book list. I'm pretty sure that's bad. (laughs) That is illegal. (laughs) That is bad. In the United States. Yep. Um, (laughs) But, you know, there are good ways to do that. Um, and that's, you know, that's something that, that, that's really my focus, you know, to answer your question, like we're trying to build, we're trying to fill the funnel, right? I've built this funnel, um, of all these, these sign up journeys, the emails, you know, we have a beautiful website, we have an amazing product, you know, we can tell our story really well on podcasts and things like this. Um, and I just, I want you to join my community, which is my email list. Um, and, and I literally, I literally pay Facebook to try to get me more emails. 
Um, I literally pay influencers, you know, by sending them watches to try to get traffic to my website, to try to sign up for my emails. It's all part of that funnel building process. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. You know, I, I made a couple of notes. Um, I would encourage you to check out Sparkloop, which is like an email referral service. And so you can associate like prizes or um, other benefits with email subscriptions. Cool. Um, so it's like a referral program basically for email list building. Awesome. Uh, but I also have a couple of friends in the developer advocate space um, that are kind of like brand advocates that I think probably have similar systems in place. So I can, if you're interested, I could put you in contact with one. This is like networking on air, uh, everybody. Yeah, here we go. Um, this, but is, this is how it I, works. I, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would definitely be interested in that. And, and, and yeah, this is, you know, I just, uh, you know, a lot of people say text message marketing is the future and, and, and email marketing is, is kind of outdated. Um, mm -hmm. but that's, I just, I couldn't possibly disagree more. Like, um, not, yeah. not, it's not one or the other. I'm not choosing for my brand. I choose email and we don't, we're not going to get into text messages. Um, but if I had to choose email marketing against any other form of digital marketing, like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads, whatever, yeah email marketing all day. I mean, I would put 150% of my budget into that because <laughs> I just, I yeah. know it works. And that, yeah, like Apple changes stuff and Google changes stuff, but people still open the emails. Um, and, and they will, if you, if you tell a good story, like that's, it all goes back to, um, I mean, five years ago, my business partner, Tyler and I read start with why and building a story brand at the same time. Those, mm. those two books caused us to redo everything on our website. If you hit the homepage of vorticwatches.com, it literally says, I typed it out myself, who we are, what we do, why we do it, how to buy it. <laughs> and it's all like right there at the top front home center. Like you can't, if you read the entire homepage of my website, and you don't know what I do it didn't load properly for you. Like that's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. um, so it's, you know, and we weave a story into all that stuff, um, because that's why people buy. Um, so, so that's, you know, that's the other thing we do. You talked about uh, networking and partnerships. Um, one of the, one of the best ways we found to grow our email following, um, and honestly our social following is we host and partner on sweepstakes. Um, not just a giveaway, like not those, like, you know, everybody liked the same page on Facebook or right, Instagram, like that, right. that doesn't work. This yeah. is like it now to unlike it in five minutes, right? Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, we do. So we did, um, for the last three years in a row, we did a father's day sweepstakes. Um, and so we partnered with a bunch of other brands that sell luxury men's goods, um, shoes, hats, um, shirts, you know, socks, right? Like all stuff that dads yeah. want, uh, like watches. Um, and you know, the last one we did was, uh, I think it was like a $15,000 giveaway worth of stuff. Right. And it's all the cool stuff that you want for father's day. Um, and, and we got, I mean, we got probably 10,000 email addresses, people signing up and entering wow. to win. Um, so that works. And, and yeah, you know, it's, a lot of people are using two email addresses. A lot of people are using their old email that they never really check. But some people, let's call it 10%. You know, if, if 10,000 people enter, I bet 1,000 of those people are potential customers for me. I mean, you know, I think I spent 600 bucks on Facebook ads for that. So, I mean, that math adds up. Very nicely. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Um, so anyway, we do a lot of that stuff and I, I can, I, I just know it works. Um, and it's, it's, it's yeah. nice to have marketing in your arsenal that you just know it works. Um, and then you're just consistent with it. Yeah. And I, I will say, right. People have been saying email is dying for like 15 years. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not dead yet. It's not going anywhere. When Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp all went down a couple of months ago, um, my email still email went through. Didn't my yeah exactly. Yep. So yep. Um, yeah, I think that that I I love what you said there. E email marketing is definitely not outdated, and. 
building a story, I will say building a story brand is one of the few books that made me act like immediately, like as I was reading the book, 100%. like I redesigned my landing page as I was reading it. Yep. Oh, shout out to Don Miller. Like literally yeah. changed the trajectory of my company with that book. So amazing. This episode is brought to you by Store Builder from Nexus. When it comes to setting up an e-commerce site, you have a choice between easy but limited or a limitless platform that you need to manage yourself. Until now. Store Builder is e-commerce made easy for everybody. It saves you time and delivers a storefront that lets you get to selling. As someone who set up multiple e-commerce sites, I can tell you that Store Builder has been a much easier experience than anything else. Answer a few questions, add your content, and sell. StoreBuilder was created and is supported by e-commerce experts at Nexus. Get the speed, security, and support you need when you need it. Are you ready to launch your perfect online store? Head over to howibuilt.it slash storebuilder for a special offer. That's howibuilt.it slash storebuilder. I want to be cognizant of the time. Now, I will say, we'll, we'll tease here and build something more. Uh, RT also has an ad agency where he builds, where he and his his company build websites. So um, I'm, we're going to talk about kind of that and what it's like kind of pitching a digital versus uh, physical product. So if you're interested in that, you can sign up over at uh, howibuilt.it slash two five four. That's the show notes page. And it's just 50 bucks a year. That's less than five bucks a month. Um, But I do want to wrap up here. And I do want to wrap up by asking you about the pricing, right? Because um, most people, you know, I I see a lot of Casio watches out there that are like 10 bucks. Um, I have uh, a couple of Skagen, Skagen watches. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah, Skagen. Skagen, right. Um, You know, that can range from uh, around three or 400 bucks. My Apple watch is... 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you have these upmarket, uh, pricing for watches. What, what's it like setting a price that you know is valuable and then trying to, and then convincing people that it is, it's worth the price, I guess is, is the, the nugget of, of knowledge I'm looking for there. For sure. Um, so can setting the price is hard figuring out what something is worth in the luxury industry is is nearly impossible um especially for a brand like us where there's there's almost no one else doing what we do you know there's only two or three other companies even trying to make watches in the united states um and none of them take old pocket watches and turn them into wrist watches which is our niche mm-hmm. um the other value proposition that we have is we share everything um, we're just hyper transparent about like how it's made, where it's made, why we do it, what we stand for, you know, um, all that stuff. I mean, you know, today's giving Tuesday. So I'm, uh, in the email today, I'm announcing our, uh, we're donating $30,000 to a school in Delaware called the veterans watchmaker initiative that teaches us military vets wow. how to become watchmakers. Um, and so we, we just, this is what we do. Every email, everything that we post on Instagram is a story. And so, um, we we use that to to prove our value and 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 we also just like know our worth and so um that's that's kind of how we figured out how to price um the watches and our prices have gone up um i mean everyone's price has gone up this year <laughs> for everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know we when we when we first launched on kickstarter in 2014 you could buy a watch uh similar to the one on my wrist i mean it was version one very different than what we do now um I would call it minimum viable product, but back then you could buy a watch Mm -hmm. for $750. Um, you know, today we're selling them, you know, it's the same thing, but it's very, not the same. It's very different. Um, for 3000 and, and it's just because we've, you know, we've refined our process. Um, and we're also winning the supply demand curve right now. You know, there's almost no supply and there's demand, you know, like crazy. So, so that's nice. Um, but we've also, you know, we've done it for, gosh, you know, eight years. So um, we're, we're not new to any of this stuff. So we, we've, we've been artfully trying to figure out where, where that price lands. Um, and the bottom line is the bottom line. Like we, as a watch company, we're not just a manufacturing company. We're, we're really a marketing company that sells watches. 
Um, and, you know, think of Rolex. Um, Rolex sells billions of dollars worth of watches every year. Um, the margin on a Rolex is north of 90%. So if you buy a Rolex for $10,000, 9,000 of that is profit for Rolex. Um, wow. And that's because they sponsor everything. <laughs> they spend probably 50% yeah. of their of their cost on their watches on marketing. And that's why everyone in the world knows who Rolex is. You know, it's one of the most powerful brands in the world next to Coca-Cola. Everyone knows what a Rolex is because for a hundred years, they've shoved their brand down our throats. (laughs) Um, And to do that, it takes hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in advertising and marketing. Um, And so, yeah, we need to make profit so that we can pay ourselves, um, keep food on the table for our families and pay for all the awesome marketing that we want to do. Um, and, and yeah, nice. that's, that's where it all comes from. And, you know, everybody's got to make money, but that's, that's our, uh, direct reasoning behind, um, behind all the costs and everything is most of it goes into marketing and me showing up. I mean, I had to pay the person that connected me to you today. So right. that's all right. part of the marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I like I like what you said about kind of we know our worth, right? I think something that people in my space struggle with is knowing the worth of things, right? As I record this, I won't grandstand too much about this, but as I record this, um, there's been a little bit of drama about a product that had a lifetime price now that they're trying to kind of move away from that lifetime price. And people are mad about it, but it provide so much value that I will gladly pay a subscription a year for that. Right. Right. Especially if I'm doing client work, right. If I'm paying a hundred bucks a year for this thing to generate thousands of dollars for me per year in client work, that's an easy sell. And I think a lot of people still in in my field or in my former field, maybe uh, have a hard time seeing that. And, and I always say, if you can't see the value in what you pay for or what you're not willing to pay for? How do you communicate the value that you provide to your clients? So, um, you know, you need to understand what you're worth. Uh, And I'll just end with recently somebody asked me, like, what's the difference between a a $200 price and a uh, course? uh, Because I create and sell courses as well. What's the difference between a $200 course and a $2,000 course? And it's that extra zero, right? If you're selling to the right people, they'll gladly pay. $2,000 $2,000 for that course because they see the value in it. Yep. Um, so knowing your worth is super important and it's obviously working for, for uh, Vortic watches. Thank you. Yeah, so far so good. Knock yeah. on wood, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Knock on wood. Um, RT, this has been a great conversation. I do need to ask you my favorite question, which is do you have any trade secrets for us? trade secrets. I think I gave them all to you um, in in this podcast. I mean, where we find the pocket watches, right? Um, yeah. How we do like email marketing. I told you everything I do, right? Copy it, please. Yeah. You know, it works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bes- besides that, um, I, you know, I would say, um, I, you know, another thing that I shared is, is, is consistency. Um, we just, we do the same. We make we make one watch every day, Monday through Friday. We post it at 12 noon and that's it, right? We send an email every Tuesday at 12 noon ish. Now I'm, you know, I got to send mine today. It doesn't matter. Right. But it's, you know, um, yeah. every Tuesday afternoon I hit send an email. Um, and you know, we, we post all that content. Um, and, and we just were super, super consistent with all that stuff. Um, and it's, it's not a secret but it almost feels like it is because not many people do that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's probably all the, uh, trade secret wisdom. I, I can get off the top of my head for you there, Joe. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And consistency is so key. People ask me how I grew my show. Um, and consistency is it right. People can reliably know that every Monday morning, uh, they'll have this episode and it'll be a good quality conversation in their in their podcatcher of choice. So um, consistency is super important. That's why I try to teach it in my membership as well, how to be a consistent creator. Um, RT, this has been such a great conversation. If people want to learn more about you uh, and your company, where can they find you? 
Yeah, thank you. It's been awesome and fun. Uh, VorticWatches.com. V is in Victor, O-R-T-I-C, watches.com. And you'll see in everything you need to know. Definitely put yourself on the email list so you can see everything we talked about. Yes, I uh, like I said, I signed up really easy. I went there, a couple seconds went by, a little pop-up came up. People say they don't like pop-up modals, but they work, and it was really convenient for me to sign up there. So uh, there you go. There's a little extra for you. Uh, I will include that and everything we talked about, including the books uh, that we talked about over at howibuilt.it slash two five four uh and if you want to hear the rest of our conversation if you want to get ad free extended episodes of this podcast you can sign up for the build something club right there again that's how i built it slash two five four rt thanks so much for joining me today i really appreciate it thank you it was fun thanks so much for listening everybody out there and until next time get out there and build something 